All right, we're back. It's been a couple weeks. We back and we back. <laughs> you were on tour um, with Winning the Wave for a bit. Got to see you here in Denver. That was pretty tight. Yeah. But, Did you have a good time? Yeah, it was good, man. The light show, though. Uh, yeah, about those lights. Yeah, picked up a new skill while you were out there. Yep. Didn't expect that. Spending uh, 36 hours in front of blinking lights. Yeah. What was that it's like? It's good, though. I yeah. learned a new skill. Yeah. It's good. It's very tedious. I lost my mind every single day. It was good. Yeah. No, it looked great. Uh, it was nice. It was like sold out Lost Lake show. Yeah. Two nights in a row, right? Yep. Denver. Yep. Selling out for winning the wave. That's tight. Shout out 93.3 yeah. for playing that song. But uh, I'm pretty excited to hear coming up soon, man. You're moving into the, the basement. Moving into... Yeah. Moving in with Spencer and I, man. That's going to be fun. Into the laundry room. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Cheap rent, baby. Uh, Denver's impossible to live in now. Yep. So freaking expensive. And they're building so much. That's what I don't understand is they keep building and there's more and more places, but it doesn't drive price down at all. It's no, it will. It, up. it will. I hope so. Eventually. But uh, what I'm super stoked about is we picked up the garage next door. So for the first time in our professional careers, we're moving out of the basement studio and actually going to go above ground to record some music. So that's pretty exciting except we have no idea what it entails like right. what is in that garage oh no, we have no idea. what are we about to find yeah dead bodies yeah for sure being at least there. one yeah we've i've been in, i've peered inside the door once but i know it's going to be great like why are all the windows boarded up i don't know man <laughs> it freaks me out <laughs> But, uh, no, it's going to be cool, man. Like I'm so excited and it's, it's, it's hard to explain to people like how exciting it is to me. Cause it's just like, dude, the Dahlia house was like my favorite, uh, studio we had set up and there, it was seriously in a basement just like we are now and no sound treatment, no, nothing wasn't built out at all. And then we're going to be able to actually kind of build this out and have some space to work with for the first time. And yeah. that's ours, you know, that we're setting up the way we want instead of just like borrowing or going into spaces with the recording equipment. And yeah, that's just, it's, it, it feels like progress to me, even though it's like, we're not really progressing anything. It's just like, I'm just, yeah, it's, it's exciting to have my own space. You yeah. Know? Yep. I'm so excited. Yeah. Sweet. Well, let's talk about, uh, some of the, one of my favorite stories that you told me while you're on the road is like, we were talking about like failures this week and uh, how you were dropping the weight on your chest. And oh, that was a few, that was maybe a month ago now, yeah. but, um, yeah, let's talk about some yeah. embarrassing failures over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, yeah, just at, at the gym and bench pressing too much weight and I couldn't do it and I, and I, I couldn't lift it up and I looked like an idiot. I'm just like turning over to the guy next to me like, dude, hey dude, help me, help me. <laughs> he didn't hear me. Some other dude had to come running up and just like look at me like an idiot. He just smiled at me and I was like, God damn it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Biting off more than we chew. Yeah. That's pretty funny. You told me you've done that before. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. But I didn't put, see when I do that, I don't put the, uh, the clamps on the side so that I can just like roll it off to the side and roll <laughs> the weight off. <laughs> I'm sure I, that looks really graceful. Oh yeah. So great. So great. I, uh, the other one, man, my favorite is like, we were at the gym together and we're working on legs and, uh, you were doing box jumps with me for the first time and you like clipped your leg on it and you were like bleeding. And that was my, like what your response to that was like one of my favorite, just like representations of failure is like, man, I'm just like, I'm glad that it happened because like, it doesn't really hurt that bad. Like, yeah, it sucked, but it, it doesn't really hurt that bad. So it's, I'm not af as afraid of it happening again. Yeah. And that's just like the embodiment of like stoic philosophy. It's just like experiencing suffering to like help your mind understand, like it's really not that bad. Well, like, that's what you're scared of the whole time when you're learning something new anyway, right? Is mm -hmm. hurting yourself one way or another, like hurting yourself physically or hurting your ego. So once you actually do it and, fail once at it it's like okay that wasn't that bad right i'm just bleeding out of my leg but it wasn't that bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah my the, my biggest gym fail was i was just on the treadmill running and i'm always a freak when i'm running and like a good song comes on and i'm just like head banging and going crazy and uh it was like destiny's child came on like say my name i hadn't heard it in a few years and i was like oh shit and i just started like <laughs> freaking out and then my foot bit the side rail that doesn't oh, move yeah. of it and i just like tripped and i was like falling down and i like caught myself <laughs> But, and there's just like this, this really cute girl walking up. And of course she's just like in tears laughing and I'm just like laughing too. I'm just like, Oh my God. Uh, cause it's fucking hilarious. I was laughing before I even hit the dirt, you yeah. know? And it was, um, 
actually. Yeah, that was great. That was great. Did you actually fall? No, I mean, like, my knees kind of hit it, but I, like, grabbed, like, you know, the handlebars or whatever as I was going down. So I, like, kind of caught myself and then, like, pulled myself back up. So it wasn't, like, as bad as, like, you know, the videos you see of, like, sliding off the fucking treadmill. But, uh, yeah, it was was, um, embarrassing or whatever, but... I've also, one time I was running, uh, when I was living off Logan Street, I was running, and those sidewalks are so fucked by uh, Cheeseman Park, mm-hmm. man. Some of them are so ridiculous, and I, I fucking ate it so hard. My foot hit one of them, and I, like, rolled. <laughs> like, like, it was so bad. I was, like, looking around. I don't think anybody saw that one, but <laughs> there's definitely, there's all the fails at the gym. If you haven't, you're not trying hard enough. Yeah, but definitely. That's- yeah. How about your blog post though, man? You sent me that blog post. I don't think you've posted it yet. Have you posted it yet? Yeah, I posted it yeah. last week. Um, man, that was like a super interesting thing. It was like really heavy. Man, I was reading it and it was just like, it's really heavy concepts, you know, that you're talking about. And I just want to talk about that. Like how, you know, in that blog post, you're referencing how your uh, identity shifts because your life is so um, kind of all over the place. Like you have, to, it's almost like you're living two different lives. You have your life that you live when you're here in Denver and you're not on tour and you're in control of your own environment. And then the life you live when you're on tour, like suddenly uprooting your life for three weeks to a month and a half and being completely dictated by where you're at and how much time you have mm-hmm. um, versus being able to be in control of your own life. So just kind of talk about that. Yeah. It's something that I've always experienced like on tour and something that I've never really been able to explain. So I tried to put it into words and yeah, that, that is, that is really what it's all about. It's just like taking one, the way that I described it in the blog post was like, you're, it, it's a complete 180 in terms of lifestyle. Like, uh, it, when you're on the road, your scenery changes everything every single day, and you're only the only uh, concrete thing that you have to atta- attach yourself to is your routine and your schedule. So it's like, which is pretty much the same every single day. You're getting up, you're getting in the van, you're driving to the venue, you're setting up, you're playing a show. Like there's a pretty much the same routine every single day, and then but you're in a different city every day. So like the the venue changes, the people you work with change, everything like that. So. And then when you get, when I get back home and all the scenery stops and then the routine is completely free, it's a completely opposite lifestyle. So constantly go, go, go. It's like running on a treadmill and then all of a sudden you press the emergency stop button and you're just like, okay, what am I doing now? You know, like it's just, yeah, it's, it's a completely, it's, it's, it's weird to grasp your boundaries and like, what, what are you supposed to be doing now? What what am I supposed to be doing now? What's Mm -hmm. my purpose? And that's what I got into was like identity and purpose and what defines those two things and how your environment uh, affects those two things and what you do for work affects those two things. I had that conversation with a friend recently and how, how much work is a part of your identity. Mm -hmm. And when, as somebody who works freelance jobs and works as a contractor that fluctuates all the time yeah you know yeah let's talk about just kind of how you cope with that because i'm sure like when you're hitting those emergency breaks or you're coming in and you know your life is changing so drastically mentally you know i think sometimes because we've referenced it before but um when people reach out about your blog posting it's like the saddest thing in the world or that you're like super tormented and they're worried about you and it's just kind of like you're thinking through things, but let's talk about like how you cope with that. Cause sometimes I know, I know it's might be a struggle because your identity's in flux. Maybe it takes a couple of days to get used to being back home. It's not as like this vacation where it's like, okay, I'm not working anymore. I'm, I'm home. You know, I'm not having to tear down and load in drums and all this shit mm-hmm. uh, that you're doing at the road, but it's, it doesn't really feel that way. Right. Like you, you just kind of, um, I don't know, maybe it's like uh, a resetting of your mind. Yeah, it is. It's a yeah. It's a resetting of, uh, it's a resetting of purpose. It's a resetting of well, what am I doing now? What mm-hmm. is, what, what am I supposed to? Yeah, what what are my goals now? What am I supposed to accomplish today? And I'm still working on that. After like five years of touring, six years of touring, I just I'm still trying to figure that out. And I think what it is is like, this is my hypothesis right now is that there has to be some sort of constant throughout Mm -hmm. the whole thing. You know, like my entire life on the road can't depend on the schedule set before me every single day. Of course I need to abide by that. And it's my job to do 
the best that I can according to that schedule and according to the tasks that I need to accomplish that day. But on the other hand, I think there needs to be some other uh, something in my life, some sort of anchor in my life that can carry through whether I'm on the road or whether I'm home, which I think is one of those things is writing the blog. Mm-hmm. Like one of those things is writing songs. The one, you know, just like keeping some sort of, or it could even be like meditating, you know, like keeping some sort of con- uh, constant uh, practice throughout and some sort of like constant purpose that, mm. that, br- that brings you purpose constantly throughout your life. You're just like, okay, I'm going to do this no matter what is happening to me, where I am or, or what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Instead of being at the mercy of your work, instead of, be- you know, it's like somebody right. who, who constantly works and is obsessed with their nine to five job or whatever. And that that's all that they do, you know, some, which is, you know, it's like a lot, a lot of people do that. Like some, somebody who goes, from work straight home and maybe they chill out for a couple hours and then they go to sleep and then they go start all over again and go back to work. Mm -hmm. And there's not really anything like it's the same reason why a person like that needs hobbies. Like why do people go out? Like that's, it's something else to keep you well-rounded and break the monotony and break the monotony. Yes. What is, uh, you know, that's interesting. Like talking about monotony is also interesting because that's like something that that both of us like really hate, like, and especially a couple of years, uh, years ago, you really struggle with, you know, it's just like making yourself sit down and write every day because sometimes you don't want to, or, uh, seeing, you know, seeing the same people every day, day in and day out. That's something that, uh, we struggle with is like escaping from the monotony, but at the same time now with, how both of us do things of we're trying to get into routines and trying to make monotonous uh, days basically with where we're doing the same thing, like trying to write every single day, trying to meditate every single day, trying to go to the gym every day. We're trying to bring consistency into our life, uh, which is funny to think about because before we just, we hated that consistency. We didn't want mm-hmm. that consistency. And what is it, what does your routine look like? The similarities between the road life and being home. Like, I mean, you go to the gym, I try, but yeah, even that, even that is so hit or miss, you know, there's some days, maybe I'll go three or four days without going to the gym just because I can't, because there's no time. Mm -hmm. You got to get up early and go, go to sleep late, you know, like there's just no time to do that sometimes. So there's not really, there's, there's no routine that's based around my personal needs, you know, Mm -hmm. which is, which obviously I'm out there to work. On the road, you mean? Yeah, Yeah, on the road. So there's nothing that puts my needs or anyone else's personal needs as a priority, mm. which is on, on purpose, obviously. Like I said, we're, we're all out there for a, the, the specific purpose of being a cohesive unit and, develop, and delivering a, a product to people. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all that we're doing is showing up and making sure that everything sounds great and looks great every single night. So everybody's personal needs get put on the back burner. Mm-hmm. So like working out goes out the window. Uh, sometimes like keeping in touch with family members or uh, yeah, whether that be writing or whatever makes you feel sane kind of just takes a back seat. Mm-hmm. And big news for you is you got like a new, another tour added on. You're, you're, uh, accomplishing another pipe dream, uh, yeah. that you've been waiting on your whole life. Actually two that I don't think we've talked about yet. Let's start with the real pipe dream from when you were a child. You get to meet one of your heroes here soon. I hope so. Now you're going to meet him. I guess we're going to see. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you, uh, Nick is opening for Blink-182 here at Fiddler's Green here, uh, this summer. Yeah. In August. And meeting Travis Barker is is definitely going to be fangirl central. I'm going to stalk him for sure. I'm going to yeah. yeah, I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. I will find you, Travis. <laughs> I will find you. Get a lesson from him, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but man. and then the other one, man, like you just uh through a random series of events um that you, there's no way you could have planned. There's nothing, you know, it was just like completely random, but you got a call to go on tour in Europe. Yeah. For a couple of days. Yeah. Playing with a new band over the summer. Um, I'm so excited for it. Yeah. I, I'm so excited. Kind of talk about how you landed that. I mean, we don't have to talk about details or names, but just like how the process of that landed. You know, if somebody's asking you like, oh, how do I get a band like that? How do I book the European tour or get asked to go on a European tour? You know, how? Yeah. the I don't know the answer to that. I think there's... Uh, 
Well, the, it kind of it all just happens by chance, and this this one was no different. Like, uh, it was just through the wind and the wave, the people that I knew through that group, and um, I and somebody recommended me for it, and I think the only reason that that happened was because the only thing that I can affect is how hard I work and. Like I, I really don't have any control over the opportunities that come to me, but I think that it just came from uh, me being good at what I do, and I take a lot of pride in that. Yeah. I take a lot of pride in the fact that I can go out on the road and I can do exactly what I need to do and exceed expectations mm-hmm. and and learn how to do lighting shows when you need to and learn, learn how, how to do, do lighting light shows. shows. Yeah, exactly. I like the also the story man like you showed up. Like that's a big thing. They came through Denver, uh these guys and you'd met them a couple times but you showed up to their show. Like you yeah. just like went to their show to like support them and to say what's up and to say hi and just to be uh and, and it it I mean retrospectively looking back it shows that um you know, you like you're cool to hang out with. Like they they can get along with you. It's just like you're not you're not a dick, right? You um, yeah. And I didn't expect anything from that. You right. know, like they're friends of mine, and I didn't I didn't show up to be like, hey, what's up, guys? Give me a gig. Like right. I'm I'm here. I'm I didn't like I didn't know that they were looking for a drummer at the time. I just wanted to go see the show. I hadn't seen them before, and I really respect them and as people and as musicians. And I. I just wanted to go and hang out and be around it. And it was the same, that's the same way how I got the wind and the wave gig. Like I wasn't expecting anything from that either. I had no idea that they were looking for a drummer, but just showing up to the gig and hanging out, yeah. just be, being present yeah. being there. And, and saying yes. And saying yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. keeping yourself open to those opportunities and just getting fucking lucky. Yeah. I feel really grateful for that. I think, uh, one thing that I want to talk about today that we're going to, get into but uh, i think this is a good segue to that it's we've talked about all the time like with this it's like there's no predicting you know what relationships will benefit you and like what who's going to be your in into the industry or into a record label or any anything like looking at people as opportunity instead of just looking at as relationship you know and there's no i there's no knowing if i do these things it'll lead to this thing and um that's something that I always struggle with is like after school, cause I was so good at uh, succeeding in a system, you know, put me in a system that's easy to understand. There's rules and it's like, you do this to be successful, right. you know, taking lessons or learning these tunes. I learned these tunes. I'm going to get, you know, all of it was, a it was systematic on how to succeed in that. Get A's, you're going to have 4.0, all these things. And then you get out into the real world and it's just like, there's no answers. There's no right or wrong way of yeah, doing it. You realize anything. life isn't sequential like that. Yeah. It's like some, this, just because you do this doesn't mean this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Not one, one thing doesn't lead to another thing. Right. Everything is just random. Mm-hmm. It's all chaos. You can't predict anything like right. that. Especially with the work that I've gotten uh, with video work. It all started because I wanted to film one of my projects and then somebody else heard that I had a camera and hired me to do that. And, uh, you know, with recording, I recorded uh, uh, somebody's recital and somebody else was on that recital and liked their guitar sound. So hired me to record their album. It's just this, there's no way I could have predicted any of that. And uh, I, could, I don't think I could go back and even replicate it. And one thing that I always struggled with when I was in school is, you know, as a musician, um, when you're in school, you take lessons, like weekly lessons with your teacher, with, for me, saxophone teacher, for you, drum teacher. And um, that process at 18 was really strange because I'm just going in there and you're trusting somebody that you might have heard play a couple times, but it's not exactly like you're trying to emulate your life. You're just trying to kind of better your skills, right? And then in you're entrusting them with your artistic development. And for me, especially just like everything else um, when I was young is I was going in there trying to find out what the shortcut was, what the secret was like this. I, I was expecting like some f- nugget of knowledge that was just going to like unlock my mind or unlock my ability and my mm-hmm. skill and just like slingshot me. And it was, I mean, I practiced all the time, but it was still, if I practice these things, it will make me better at this thing instead of just playing. And that's why when it turned into that, where just um, practicing, cause I felt like I had to, or this is what I needed to do inst- instead of, um, you know, love, it took the love out of it because I was just, I wasn't playing anymore. I was trying to function. And 
So then that turned into any time a saxophone player would come into town, I would gra- grab a lesson with them and pay a stupid amount of money to hear the same bit of information. I had, I've taken lessons with so many different saxophone players, some of the best ones out there. And I flew out to New York and took lessons with people. And I, it all boils down to four bits of information, especially with jazz. is like transcribe, learn a lot of tunes, play with a lot of people, wait 10 years and just play as much as you can. And maybe you'll get it but it's just working on your ears. It's all the same bit of information. It's not like they gave me some exercise that made me play a certain way, but it was this expectation that, um, that was, that it was going to turn into something. I was putting a value on an hour or a lesson with somebody. And the best one I ever had was with Dick Oates, uh, who's this insanely good alto player just sat down with me. He's like, yeah, man, how you, how you doing though? And I was like, Oh, I'm fine. He's like, no, like, how are you doing with like life? as uh you know an aspiring musician and i was like oh man and he just told me he's like man it's the only thing is just time and and it's always hard to hear that we we're so impatient we want everything now but um yeah we were just talking about that the other day we just like try to go through these we ask these people or find these mentors who just like we were saying it's a complete random series of events and their series of events are different than the guy next to him series of events on how they got to where they are and and we we try to ask them for these answers in this path like they could line it out and we could follow the same steps and get the exact same shit and it's not like that at all mm-hmm. right it's even though some of them will tell you that there is a certain path right it's like oh you do this you do this then that's how right. you do it that's the way to do it yeah but that's the most naive way of thinking and you're right that comes from impatience and that comes from this idea that we have to achieve certain things by a certain age that we're we're set up to be something by a certain time i i know that i i feel that less and less as i get older which i think a lot of people feel more and more as they get older that you have to do certain things by a certain point in your life and that completely negates the purpose of doing something that you love to do and doing it for the sake of loving the process and loving to learn and loving to, in our case, to create something, mm-hmm. which is completely irrelevant what age you are when you're doing that, if you're still doing it. That's, you're just, you just have to be doing it. Right. Yeah, it's uh, with the, the falling in love with the process thing. Um, we were talking about that last night, I think, where I was, um, you know, it was really interesting because we're, I was in school for jazz and there was this huge thing on like, you listen to a record and you're like, oh, I really love this record. And there was like, well, and we're just getting quizzed like, well, who's on the record? Who was the drummer? Who produced the record? All this stuff. And I was starting to learn all that stuff, not because I was curious, but because I didn't want to be embarrassed by not knowing. Mm-hmm. And that's that's an interesting thing now because I love learning. I love reading and I love um, discovering new things and pushing uh, my mind and and discovering if the earth is flat or round. <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly flat. We, yeah. learned, we learned this morning. We did on YouTube. learn that this morning. YouTube told us yeah. the guy was not a fool. Yeah, it's but, obviously true. You know, like learning all these things. But when I was, what was weird was it, when I was in school, I, it was doing out of necessity instead of pure curiosity. And I think that was just completely backwards for me. You know, I was learning, I was transcribing solos that I knew were the solos that I had to know. Like, oh, you have to know these, not the ones that I truly was intrigued by. And now I really love that everything, you know, my learning is influenced by what inspires me in that moment. And mm-hmm. um, that's that's been my path and my process. And that's... I think there's a, a good push and pull with that, though, too. When you're, mm-hmm. when you're being exposed to things that you never would have been exposed to before and kind of pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone, I think there's a balance with that. Like, jazz school... It really encouraged me to listen to a lot of things that I never would have mm. l- listened to otherwise. Yeah, and I, I think it like a like really shaped my musical palette in a lot of ways. But then the negative side comes from that, like what you were saying, when you're pushed too far on that spectrum and expected to. It's not only like check this out. What do you think of it? It's like check this out. You should love this, right? Yeah, and what's crazier on on with the, our schooling and stuff is it's like, like I said, like, you're just like, you've heard this person play a couple times and they're really good. They're obviously really talented and you're taking lessons with them, but then it's based on, um, you know, what they should think you should learn, you know? And it's, it's, 
it's education. So it's, there's obviously a, a, a process to it. And as a drummer, you should play with a metronome. You should learn these basic things. You should be able to do these things. But for you, um, you know, you, your dream and what you were trying to accomplish was to be a touring musician in the pop realm. And but you were at a jazz school learning yeah. how to play. Whose fault was that? Yeah. That's yeah. It's our, it's our own, <laughs> but it's like, that's what I mean at 18. It's so crazy that, and we were looking, it, I just, we, I didn't understand what I wanted. Um, I mean, I wanted to play and I loved playing and, uh, you know, I was obsessed with it. I, like I said, I was taking lessons with every teacher there. Anybody who would give me a lesson I was taking lessons with, I just wanted to learn and I, I did genuinely love it, but it's just, it's, it's crazy to think about, um, you know, like artists throughout history, they, they, they just painted or they just played, they just did all of those things cause they wanted to. And now we're just in a system that's like, well, we need to go to college mm-hmm. and we need to pay this X amount of money to do this instead of just doing it in this community of learning. And, and I don't know, it's just, that's, that depends on how you raise too. Like yeah. I know from, from my perspective, at least I always thought I was going to college. Mm-hmm. There was never a question between my parents and myself that I wasn't going to go to college. That right. was never an option. Right. So I didn't even, yeah, I didn't, I didn't even consider dropping out or, well, I always wanted to drop out actually, but I never considered not going. Right. It was always going to be, you never like, you probably never second guessed that either, right? You never, no. you never thought about when you were a high school senior. You're like, oh, maybe I should like take a year off, no, hell no. or maybe I should go check out New York or LA or go just move somewhere or just get an apartment by yourself in your hometown and like figure out what you want to do. Yeah, but those those are like the weird kids that do that, right? Maybe that's changing. I I, I hope, hope that, so. Yeah. I hope that's changing with the generation younger than us. But for us, it was just like you look at those kids weird, like oh, mm-hmm. you're like taking a year off. Oh, you're yeah. going to like a technical school? You're going to you're going straight into work? Like that's that's weird. You're not going to college? Yeah. Well, for me it was it wasn't a question because that's again, it was the system. It was how can I be successful? Well, I'm doing all the right shit. Yeah. I'm going to school. I'm going to a good school. I'm getting good grades. Like I will be successful. Even because- though you, you didn't stop to think about that. No. You didn't stop to think about what does that mean? Right. Like what is that actually what's going to happen once I get a degree from UNC at the right. time you thought you were going to finish at UNC. But like what's going to happen once I have that bachelor's degree in my hand? Right. Because somebody's going to give me all the gigs. Yeah. Somebody's going to like what you know Again, what happens then you're at fa- that moment. You're dropped in the real world. You know you're dropped in the real world. And how do I make this function? How do I take this knowledge that I gained and actually do something with it? And um, yeah, it's just it's it's so strange because like like you were talking about just like taking a year off or something. I, I think especially for the artists and stuff, it it would be so good to do that. Um, as far as before you're like dumping so much money into your education and all this stuff because a lot of people you know sometimes it's like even if you get the music degree eventually you just kind of stop playing i eventually stopped playing because i mean i i transitioned into the other side of of music with the production but it's it's when you when there's no longer this structure of you should be practicing right now you you know you have these rehearse scheduled rehearsals for your big band and all this stuff when you get back into the world where now you're dictating like you said like when it's like School is like your tour life. Everything is dictated for you. And then you, mm-hmm. then you get out and then when you get home, it's this anarchy of like, you have to dictate all of the terms of how you're going to live that day. And, and it's all on you and you can choose to lay around and watch Netflix all day, or you can choose to be productive and work towards whatever you're working towards. And it's for you to define that. But that's what was hardest for me is getting out of school. Everything was defined for me until I was 22 years old when I graduated college. And then I got out in the world and it's like, I had to divine, define everything exactly. What exactly am I going to do with this mm-hmm. degree? What am I going to, how am I going to take all of this knowledge and all of these skill sets and do something valuable with it? But if, and that's what, that's really when you feel, when you find out what you're doing is like when nobody's watching, you don't have a, you don't have anybody benchmarking where you're at and your skills and what you should know and what tunes you should know or what knowledge you should know to get to the next grade and everything else. It, none, all of that's gone. Nobody gives a shit anymore. Nobody's even paying attention. It's just, it's, do you show up? Do you not show up? There's no attendance. There's nothing. It's, it's all on you. And it's, and it's defining like, Oh, is this actually what I want to do? Like when I'm not getting paid or there's not a system recognizing my accomplishments or what band I'm in, like big right. band I'm in, You're not lab getting one a gold or lab star five. For every little yeah, thing that you do. No validation. Am, are you still willing to put in the work because you actually genuinely are obsessed and tortured by doing it? And I don't think you can, I don't, 
every we all want to be musicians at 18 we want to be travis barker playing for blink 182 that's we all want that but then when you're faced with what it actually takes to make that happen that's when the real decision happens like do i have what it takes to stick with this until that happens you know is it is it a true addiction inside of me or am i just you know gonna stop because it's it's too hard it's really fucking difficult you know and it's that's that's something that is like torture man because i knew like when i was in school you know like you said i never questioned it i didn't question like i needed to go to school and i needed to to get a degree but man every single night i couldn't sleep because i i I was subconsciously going through what the what is this life I'm chasing? What am I trying to do? Like the reality, but I was like, oh man, I'll figure that out down the road. But or the, really what it was for me is I was like, what else would I would, would I, would I do? Would I be okay doing? And that was like torture for me. It still is to this day. You know, sometimes it's the, when the struggle is so real and I'm not feeling it or I'm not getting the success I want, or I'm not getting the jobs or there's nothing going on or, um, man, I just torture myself with like, what else could I be doing? But I, it comes down to the same answer. I do this stuff because it. I have no other choice, man. I can't sleep at night unless I do it. You know, I can't. I I have to forge my own way because there's just no other option for me. Everything else just is too. I don't know. I can't escape it. You know. But it's it's there's it's always this question, and it was always interesting when I was growing up because people were like, man, it's so awesome. You you know what you want to do, and you're chasing your dreams. And I'm like, man, that just really trivializes where my head is at all the time because it's you know it i'm always self-conscious about it like oh am i actually doing the right shit am i wasting my time yeah people like to romanticize that a lot yeah like oh you're doing what you love you're you're really out there you're really doing it like this is the time of your life you should be going out and doing exactly what you want to do and pursuing your dreams and it's hard (laughs) it's It's really hard (laughs) it's so hard man the the amount of time every single month just questioning if i'm going to make it again yeah you know paying uh, paying rent or like when buying equipment and then just being like, shit, I have to pay this shit off. You know, I'm in yeah. debt up to my ears on, on so and up to my ears. I mean, it's, it's really not that bad, you know, but it, it, all of that stuff, it, it corrupts your mind, you know, it's, it's hard and it could be so much easier if we just went to traditional route, got a salary gig and mm-hmm. it, it doesn't have to be this hard. Life doesn't have to be this hard. We're making well, it. This hard, the, yeah. Cause the system of validation keeps going at that point. Mm-hmm. Like your validation then is your paycheck every two weeks. Yeah. You know, that's kind of just like uh, your benchmark of, Oh, you did what you needed to do. Here, here's your check. This is what you do versus what we do. And the checks come so much far and few between mm-hmm. we never know where we're going to get money from me probably more so than you I'm like my i'd I never really know i'm always be- right. piecing stuff together you know so there's no like what you were talking about there's no steady form of you're doing the right thing keep yeah. doing that you know yeah the uh it's always crazy though just uh, you know i might romanticize the universe too much or God or whatever you want to call it, or, you know, we all like feel like we need some sense of purpose. Like we were destined to do this thing, or there's like some form of destined path for us. And I think it's easy for us to look back and be like, Oh my God, like everything seemed to work out in the right way to lead me to here. It must be destiny or I might be, must be doing the right thing. But that, especially for me, man, like sometimes that that's exactly what it feels like because the, the minute I feel like giving up or I feel like I'm not doing the right shit, um, or I'm pursuing the wrong thing, or maybe I'm beating my head against a brick wall. I always, always have this ma- like a massive breakthrough or a, something that feels like the universe is reassuring me. Like for example, um, the first time I experienced it was when uh, I couldn't afford to go to UNC anymore, and uh, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was like considering joining the Air Force. Um, I, I just didn't know what I was going to do. And I started auditioning around to schools and I'll never forget. Um, my teacher sat me down. He's like, yeah, yeah, man, like all these schools you're auditioning for, it's great. It's like, you know, you're not going to get, you're not going to get a full ride, you know? And it was him. I mean, it was awesome. Cause he was trying to be honest with me about like, you might not have the skills to be, you know, get a full ride somewhere. And, and I, I'll never forget. I was sitting in my closet in my apartment just like crying, dude. I just didn't know what I was going to, where I was going to go next. I just had no idea what I was going to do. Um, am I just going to go home and get a construction job? I had no idea what the fuck was going to happen. And um, I happened to get a full ride uh, to DU and be able to finish my my education um, very cheap. And 
that was like, oh, you know, okay, cool. Like, yes, I'm doing the right thing. This door opened. I should, I'm going to keep going. And, um, even recently, you know, sometimes when I don't have any jobs or, um, anything on the books and, and then all of a sudden, like this, the last week it happened to me, it's just like, you know, I've been doing my own projects and stuff. And, um, all of a sudden I got, you know, like six calls on these huge jobs and it, and it's great. And I'm just like, Oh my God, it's like the reinvigorating, like, Oh my God, yes, I have purpose. I'm doing the right thing. Or I, you know, I'm, I'm good enough to be doing this mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And, um, it's, it's reassuring. And that oh, all those times that it happens like that always happens at a very crucial time when my mind is just kind of like very vulnerable. Um, do you think you'll always need those moments to let you know that you're doing the right thing? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, that's a that's a great question. It's because it's hard, man. When one thing, uh, you know, I've told you this a couple times, um, but the biggest thing, man, about like having you here in town and like working in close quarters with you, and uh, is like you're the only person in this world that like makes me feel normal. Like I'm doing the right things, or I'm it's okay to be where I'm at. Um, whereas every everybody else, it's almost like they're just like kind of waiting. They're just like watching me with bated breath, waiting me for me to either accept reality or do something more understandable to their terms of what life is, you know, like get a more traditional job that everybody can see that, uh, you know, the money's there and it's more stability and all this shit. And, um, you, you know, and it's out of love that everybody does that. But like you, I mean, when I'm, when I'm, I feel like everything's right in the world just because like, we're just fellow grinders, you know, it's, we get so lit up about these projects when we talk about them and we get excited about these jobs or these tours and, um, everything feels right. And it's like normal to be struggling like this, but everybody else, man, when, when they're watching you struggle, it's like out of love, they don't want to see you struggle, but it's not exactly, they're not exactly encouraging you to just like, man, just hang on a little bit longer. They're not trying to inspire you to keep going because they don't understand what success looks like until they see it. You know, one of my favorite examples is like Casey Neistat, uh, my favorite YouTuber. His story, his life story is crazy, man. He had a kid at like 15, dropped out of high school. I can't imagine his parents were like stoked about him dropping out of high school Mm -hmm. and then decided to move to New York City has an infant and moves to New York city and he's in New York for like four days out of the week and three days he comes back home to raise his kid and stuff. And no, I can't, I can't imagine anybody supported any of those decisions. They were probably thinking he's insane the entire time. But then when he can, has all these successes to show for like here, like, yeah, see, I'm doing, I'm doing the right things. And then it's more and more understandable. And then he gets to a point where, um, you know, people, when they listen to him talk about a new idea or a new project, that's risky. Um, I'm sure people are like, well, he's made everything else work. That's great. You know, but before all of that, it really, I mean, you know, it's like people just like look at you like, man, what are you doing? Like, okay. Like as we get older and you keep talking about these projects or these dreams, it's kind of like people are like, oh, that's cute. Like you'll accept reality one of these days, yeah. you know? But I, I find that the longer that I do it, the more barriers like that I break down. Mm-hmm. In your own mind though, right? Uh, In my own mind and with the people around me. Mm-hmm. Like I've actually... I had a conversation with my German grandma this week and she, I talked to her like fairly often and I always tell her about where I am on tour and like, she knows all about the band and everything like that. And she's super supportive. Every mm-hmm. time we talk, she's always telling me to like, you just got to chase your dreams. You got to do what makes you happy. Like I'm so, I'm so happy that this is all working out for you. She's, she's always so supportive. But this time when I, I told her she was equally as supportive, but I just wanted to preface it with she she's continually supportive. But I told her about the new gig that I got. And after she was like, Oh, that's great. Like, this is, this is so amazing. She, she said to me, this is like a real career for you. Hmm. I was like, finally. Yeah. yeah oh my, yeah. like, this is what I've been doing. Yeah. This is like, wh- this is what I've been doing since college, since I was a sophomore junior in, in college, you know, and it like takes, enough tenacity and perseverance on my part and any artist's part any anybody that i know that's an artist that is still doing it everybody has failed right at one point or another mm-hmm. no one in their career has had everything work out for them right that's especially tr- i i think that's probably true for most people mm-hmm. regardless of whether you're in art or in any other sort of uh any any other sort of career but 
especially as artists, it takes just because everything works on such a faster scale. Everything happens like uh, I think normally art projects go by in a quicker cycle probably than you would normally. Like you could stay in the same job for like mm-hmm. 30 or 40 years, but you might have to piece together more stuff as an artist, more odd right. job type things. So it takes a lot of maybe just like a certain degree of stupidity too and, yeah. I- and ignorance right. to think that you can still do this, to right. still pull it off. It kind of amazes me. I like, I think you're right. What you mentioned about convincing myself that, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And it gets easier and easier every time right. I fall on my face and it's not that big of a deal anymore. Right. Every time something doesn't work out, it's like, okay, yeah, most things haven't worked out. Right. I'm, I'm getting to that point now where it just doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I don't care because I know that it's the thing that I want to do. Right. Regardless of whether people do, people still say this shit to me all the time where they're like, oh yeah, you need to do it while you're young. Right. Like when I tell somebody I'm a musician, they're like, oh, that's great. You're chasing your dreams. You got to do it while you're young. Right. As if this is still like a hobby. This is still right. a fad that I'm going to grow out of. Right. Yeah. And I'm going to wake up one day and realize like, oh, yeah, I need to get that real job. And I need to get that wife and those kids and that house and that all those things that are mm-hmm. set up for me. Right. But it, yeah, it does get easier and easier the right. more that you do it. Yeah. I, it's funny that you mentioned that. Um, um, one day and you know when i was writing i just like came across this i think it was influenced by a movie we were watching and uh, i think like morgan freeman said uh had this line in there about like uh the biggest joke on the planet is thinking that one day you become an adult and like mm-hmm. like adults have it figured out yeah and it just like spurred this whole like thought process and it was like man i think becoming because i don't think that we wake up one day and be like cool i'm an adult now no like you i don't just ever I have it everything. figured out there's more problems and more situations but i think what becoming an adult is i think what getting older is like what wisdom is is just like learning to cope with life better so like what you said when when you do fail and you do uh have problems you just like handle it better and you like you understand like you understand the friction and that it's temporary or that you can get through it you know mm-hmm. nothing nothing is going to weigh you down you just get better at handling those those tr- traumatic situations or whatever whatever it is that life is handing you understand life's bullshit and it's going to happen and you just work through it you just like okay cool I, I know what this friction feels like i can get through it. and i think that's what being an adult is like yeah. you've just been beat down so many times it doesn't hurt anymore yeah there's always going to be ups and downs there's always right. you're going to feel pain again mm-hmm. no matter if you're happy right now it's like you're you're gonna it's shit is gonna suck again at some right. point that's just it's just how it it's works a, it's the same and to with- realize that you don't know anything there's no way that you can predict when that's going to happen or how bad it's going to hurt or how bad it's like, like just to realize that you will come out on the other side of it. It's right. going to happen again. And that's like uh, talking about the routine thing. That's what made, has made me feel so comfortable with routine now is that it's the goal is the routine. The goal is not the outcome of the routine. Mm-hmm. So that's why I would get so fucking stressed out when we were trying to write tracks together before and work on a lot of music stuff before is because the success of it, the feeling of fulfillment and success came from the outcome, not from the ritual of routine, right? Not sitting down. Like I can sit down and write music now and come up with nothing in a few hours and feel totally fine Mm -hmm. and still feel good that I put my hands on the keyboard and I put my face on the microphone, you know, whatever. Like it still feels, it feels good because I did what I was supposed to do. Yeah, that's what I what uh, what my philosophy is, and we talk about this all the time. Our philosophy of work is, um, man, I just can't sleep at night if I didn't do something. You know, I I get super depressed. Like uh, sometimes, even when I just like like Sundays to myself to just kind of like lay around and relax and read um, or watch Netflix. You know, I get caught up in shows or I don't do anything. Or sometimes, you know, I'm hanging out with a girl I'm dating and we're just like laying around all day and my mind just gets corrupted and I'm just like super depressed and anxious and I can't sleep that night. And that's like, I'm questioning existence at that point. I'm like, why? And it took me so long to realize that it's because I didn't like grind that day. And like, that sounds so cliche or weird, but like, seriously, I have to keep, even if it's, man, I just started doing to combat that, you know, on those relaxing days where I don't do anything, I'll, I'll go on like a three mile walk. Just even that alone just like helps me feel like I 
did something today. I contributed. I made my body. I put my body in motion or whatever it is. And that's, that's the gym. That's everything. So that's where my need for routine comes in and is, is just, I have to feel like I took advantage of this day that I was blessed with. You yeah. Know? Well, like, that's, that's hard with relaxation too, because you have to find your own definition of relaxation. Mm-hmm. At least I do. Yeah. I think that like most people probably define relaxation as the same way, but I'm the same way as you were like, I can't make it through a movie. Yeah. Like I tried like two or three nights ago, I tried to watch a movie by myself. Cause I like, I just like, you just need to relax. Like I just need yeah. to like lay on the couch and like unwind a little bit. And I couldn't make, I made it like a half an hour, 45 minutes where I was just like, I was like, I got to move. I got to yeah. do something like this. It just not, it's not relaxing to me. And it was the same way. Like I found that on tour. I remember when we were on, uh, on warp tour with air Dubai and we we're just like constantly going like that. That tour was just like so physically exhausting, so hot. And we were always doing something like everything was just a constant grind to try to break even on that tour mm. and selling merch and like being outside all day. And I remember like we had an off day in New York and the bus parked in New Jersey and mostly everybody stayed on the bus and slept. It was just like closed all the blinds, just like let's black out this bitch and just all fall asleep. Like (laughs) we need a day of rest. Everybody just needs to chill out and do whatever. But like instead I went out with Michael and we went to the village Vanguard and went went and saw the Vanguard orchestra. Mm. And like that ended up being, I remember getting to the bus and feeling so, at peace yeah. after after we went out and did that just because it was something that removed me from my typical routine mm. but it was still a it was a fulfilling experience right you know which mm. which is like well that was a huge wake-up call for me that i never realized before that moment that relaxation could come from doing something right like re- relaxing doesn't have to mean laying on the couch and right. doing nothing yep. like there can be you can go up to the mountains and hang out. You can yeah. go and like, sometimes it just means removing yourself from your typical pattern and, right. and doing something different that might uh, nourish your brain or fulfill, fulfill you in some other yeah. way. That's my motorcycle for me, man. Mm-hmm. That's like why just sometimes when life is just too much, like I'm just like, I need to just get the fuck away. I just get on my motorcycle and disappear. And that's, that's the most recharging thing for me. It's not laying on the couch. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just like, numbing my brain with right somebody else's content it's 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 that and that's i think the other thing man that we talk about a lot with this uh work that we're talking about or creating and and writing every day is like i think that doing that getting in the routine of doing that helps us like disconnect from it um in a way that it's not as like you were talking about we're we're trying to write for the success but like think about you know Spencer Spencer goes to work and he's sitting at his desk and he works with customers day in and day out, but he is not like uh, emotionally connected to every single customer's outcome, right? Like it's not like he's yeah. not grading his worth on on the customers he talks to every single day, right? Mm-hmm. It's just it's work. He's doing he's fulfilling his job. He's he's uh, you know people come in, he solves their problems, he sends them on their way, and then he works with the next person. And there's no connection to work. But as an artist, we're so connected to our work. Then it's so we're emotionally invested in it. And then how people react to it, it's it's a very emotional thing for us. And that's that's why it's so hard. Like that's there's that pressure before how you know we we needed pressure because we had expectation of the work. But when when you go into the daily routine of it, where it's just like I'm doing it every single day. For me, it was writing three pages a day. I'm not trying to be a writer or anything, but I just I wanted to get better at writing for the blog purposes and stuff. But for me, it's it's a theory of disconnecting myself from there because if I'm writing every single day, it's just it's it's a normal thing. Nobody's going to read it, and it's just I'm I'm getting used to the process of creating it. And then like when you have you know if you've only written three songs and you show it to people, you're going to be really connected to that. But if you if they don't like one of them, but if you've written a hundred and they don't like one of them, it's like yeah, I got a hundred other songs. It doesn't you know right. it's it's this it's this disconnect um, that you're not as personally attached to each piece of work that you do when you and, do. Yeah. And chances are, if you've, if you've written a hundred songs, you're probably way less, you're, you're more acquainted with failure anyway. Mm. You're more, you've seen yourself fail more than you've seen yourself succeed. Right, honestly, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you've probably written 10 bad songs for every one song that you think is good. Right. You know, so that's like, that's, 
that's part of it for me is being more acquainted with failure mm-hmm. to be okay, to keep failure close to you and right. kind of, and have a sense of humor about like failures are always going to be sitting right next to you as you're creating yeah. shit. It's all like, you're always going to write a bad sentence. You're mm-hmm. always going to write a bad song. That's always, there's always going to be something that you're not happy with. And right. to realize that that's not something that you're going to oust from your life, that that is something that's always going to be there and you're always going to live with it. Yeah. And that's fine. That's always going to be a part of the process. Mm-hmm. It's weird though, because before you're scared of that, it's like this yeah. fear. That's what that resistance, like uh, the art of the war of art, the art of war, the war of art, the war of art. Like that's, that's what he talks about. It's just like, um, it's the fear of, of those failures are looking at only the failures and everything that stops you from creating in the first place. And that's why it's so hard to sit down and right, man, it's the same thing with the gym. If you take two weeks off or something, it's so hard to get back into it and making yourself go every single day. Yeah. But when you're going every single day, a fucking Wednesday's a Wednesday. It doesn't mm-hmm. fucking matter. You just know you're going to be at the gym or you know you're going to be writing a song. But if you take a couple weeks off, it's really hard to get yourself going back into that. So it's just like every single day you, I, we deal with that resistance. But the more consistency we have, the less often it wins, mm-hmm. you know, and the less often it stops us because it's just it's like a shrug of your shoulder. This is what I'm doing. This is my work. This is, I'm going to work every single day. And that work just happens to be creating. It's just not a traditional line of work. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, that that's, uh, that's what makes my mind at rest, even with the, uh, the confusion on, am I doing the right shit or anything else? This is, it's just what I do every day. And it's just bringing something to life. Yeah. What else am I going to do? You and know? It feels good, right? Yeah. At, afterwards, afterwards, yeah. doesn't feel good when I first sit down. It's like going to the gym. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly it. It's this. It's a mental warfare. The routine is. It. It for me, it's mental warfare. It's not a, the gym. Isn't about my body. I wrote about that in one of my blog posts. Is that uh, the the gym isn't about my body. It's it's the first thing that my mind like. It proves that my mind is more powerful than my suffering. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes that's what it is. Like what writer's block. Sometimes it's so hard to write that blog post. You do, you're just staring at a blank page. Or even when you get it done, you're like, God, does this even make any sense? You know, yeah. is this it worth a shit? Yep. it's so hard man but it's it's just the 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 habit of doing it's just that's what the routine is for me it's just like getting in the habit of getting shit done so then when i do need to get shit done when that when the gun is to my head that i have a job that i'm getting paid to do it's just second nature at that point mm-hmm. you know so i watched that the computer glitched and did think i know you, did you press record uh, probably not right. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Uh, all right we're good okay good <laughs>